0: Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to LA King's Road Talk Radio.
1: Kings fans locally abroad above us below us because let's face it not every LA Kings fan was a saint and some may actually be looking up to us as opposed from up above looking down but tonight your Los Angeles Kings went up to Vancouver and in a very entertaining game close out the 2017 calendar year with a 4-3 win over the Vancouver Canucks tonight I am your host L.A. King, Superman, Augie Loya. it Sounds really weird to introduce myself because usually Hip Check does such a really good job at it. Or of course, the man I'm about to introduce right now, and that would be Canada's own, very own J.D. Styles, aka Jeff Duarte. Jeff, how are you tonight?
2: Oh, yeah, Augie. All I know is, is I was at a work party today, which we were having an amazing time. But deep down inside, I was stressing out a little bit for this game. I don't know why. Vancouver's been struggling all season, but you never know. Kings fans always will have that little bit of paranoia. But as soon as I got home and turned on the game, left leaving the party early, I quickly saw it was 1-0 Vancouver, but it was right when Tyler Foley tied up the game, and I'm like, mm, I think that's a very good omen. And the way that the game played out, it was, so I'm doing really good today, Augie.
1: Well, I'm very glad to hear that, especially since, hey, by the way, who won that outdoor game between Team USA and Team Canada?
2: I believe it was the team of Los Angeles Kings prospect Mikey Anderson coming back to defeat Canada in a shootout at the outdoor game in Buffalo. I blame it on the Buffalo Bills. Uh,
1: Yeah, I got you. Blame it on those uniforms. And speaking of uh, fire uniforms... It is the grand poobah, the one and only Hip Check, is riding shotgun tonight uh, via Skype. So welcome, Hip Check boy. This is a change of roles as you are coming in on this really weird phone number. Uh,
3: but welcome, Hip. <laughs>
2: welcome,
1: welcome, boss. Yeah, not a problem.
3: How are you guys doing tonight?
1: i uh, doing really good. Hey, you want to know what's really something really weird, funny? good, Hip? Yeah, your your connection, this is like the best I've ever heard it on
3: Skype, <laughs> ever. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, first off, Augie, thanks for, uh, for pinch hitting, and once again, uh, Happy New Year to both of you fine uh, esteemed colleagues. It was definitely a busy, busy day. I took uh, my family to Palm Springs this morning, so we drove – uh, about 8 in the morning to head out there, and I literally just got back about 30 minutes ago. And so I basically wow. listened to the entire game on the radio. And, uh, wow. you know, it's funny. It, it was a different it's a different take. I mean, we're all familiar with Nick. We're all familiar with Daryl. But for the most part, most people, I think, are, you know, watching on the Fox Sports app or they're at home watching. So uh, it's, it's kind of a rarity where I'm able to listen to an entire game uh, with Nick and Daryl. And I have to say, they are as brutally honest as you're ever going to find for a radio commenting crew because uh, Daryl, I mean, he was he's equally as harsh when the Kings make a bad play as uh, when they make a good play and vice versa for, for Vancouver. So it was a really interesting uh, listen in that regard into, uh, it's, it's just kind of funny. Cause even like the ducks radio guys, like I can tolerate the the ducks radio, you know, play by play guy, like he's tolerable, far more tolerable than any of the guys they have broadcasting. But, uh, man, it's a, uh, it was a great listen, uh, all the way home. And like I say, got home just in time to watch like the final six minutes. And, uh, yeah, what a great way to end, uh, 2017. Uh, it was a game that, uh, Past years, Kings teams might have folded up the tent, but this year they just keep plugging along. And once again, not their, not really their best effort, but they uh, they found a way to win it.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. And really, what it uh, what it comes down to is this is a completely different team than the one we saw after our last show up in San Jose because that just was uh, that was not. That was not this team. That's for sure, not this 2017-18 version of the Los Angeles Kings. So, uh, with that, uh, hey Jeff, uh, let's uh, let's start breaking down the first period. And uh, what the, what did you see there? The Connects draw first blood on a very just a kind of a weird shot that went off Alec Martinez's stick. Uh, did you happen to see that, or were you still caught up in the uh, in, in the partying over there celebrating Team USA's victory over Team Canada?
2: Yeah, after we were mourning Team Canada's loss to Team USA <laughs> at the party that I was at, uh, I didn't get to see the goal, but once the game was on, in first intermission, I was able to go back and watch the video. But uh, I believe it was Stecker for Vancouver who scored his force of the year. Like you said, a very strange goal because he was on such... A sharp angle to uh, Jonathan Quick's left, and there was a lot of traffic in front of Jonathan Quick. And then the deflection of uh, Alec Martinez's stick got that pick, got that puck in the neck. But uh, nine times out of ten, that, you're not going to score from that angle. It's just too sharp, too weird of an angle. But you know, Vancouver uh, found a way to do it and got the opening goal. And the way the Kings have been playing this year, minus, you know, some, a few games where they scored first and were not able to pull off the win, including recently, um, I don't panic anymore when the Kings are down one nothing. So I didn't get to see the goal, but once I saw that it was 1-0, um, you know, especially in the first period, it was 4:31 in the first period when it got scored. We had a lot of game left. I saw a lot of confidence in our Kings.
1: Yeah, good point. Uh, especially uh, going in there, <clears throat> it's just one of these things. Uh, one of the constant themes about this team is that uh, we we don't like taking the lead early for some bizarre reason. And as a matter of fact, last game that last time we played against Vancouver was down here at Staples Center, and we had a two nothing lead just like that, and eventually lost the game three to two. So uh, of course the Kings decide, hey, let's flip the script. Let's fall behind one nothing. So. Uh, 431 into the game, uh, Troy Stetcher scores his first goal of the season unassisted. Uh, Well, actually, it was assist Martinez. Well, I guess technically Martinez got the goal, but not really. Just one of those things. So, uh, yeah, Troy Stetcher unassisted. And then uh, 1304 into the first period, it's Tyler Toffoli from Gabrick and Kempe. Uh, Really, a a kind of a precursor to uh, Kempe's just. Fantastic game that I thought he had today, and we'll get more into that a little bit later. But uh, uh, Tyler Toffoli with his 17th goal of the season already, uh, Gabrick with uh, his fourth assist and Kempe with his eighth, uh, tying the game up uh, 1-1. So since, uh, hey, hey, Hip, at this point, were you at what point were you able to start listening to the game uh, to Daryl and uh, Nick? Yeah, great, uh, great, great to-
3: question. I actually I was able to start listening uh, with about, oh, five minutes left in the first period, and then pretty much, like I say, almost the entire remainder of the game until, uh, you know, until about five minutes in the third. So, yeah, I started about halfway through the first period. Oh, okay. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, Tyler
1: Tiffoli, uh brings him back, and the Kings score a, score a crucial goal right there. What I mean by crucial is uh, they got back into the game, uh, they're not uh, they're they're tied up at that point and then that was at 13:04 and one minute later, probably about the time you tuned in, uh, the Ferrari was let loose It's Gabrick with uh, Gabrick Lewis and Toffoli out there. Uh, Toffoli did, uh, hits uh, Lewis with a pass. Lewis came flying down the wing and dished a beautiful pass uh, toward the center, toward the uh, slot area where Gabrick just chipped it in. Uh, Given the uh, Kings a 2-1 to lead. And that was Gabrick's seventh goal of the season, a power play goal for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but I got to tell you, that that pass by Trevor Lewis was really, really slick, really good. Uh, Jeff, did you get a look at
3: it?
2: I did, yeah. And uh, as you mentioned with Adrian Kent they having a very strong game. A lot of Kings players today – had a super strong game as well. And I think Trevor Lewis was one of those guys where if you really watch Lewis, I mean, that was a perfect pass, no doubt, but Lewis had been doing that almost all night. I mean, there's even one point in the game which doesn't lead to a goal, so no spoilers here, but uh, Lewis even set up Nick Shore later on in the game all alone in front of the net. I mean, Lewis was just dishing it out perfectly, and of course, Mary Gabrick, who uh, has been playing fantastic, since coming back from his injury, able to, to... could chip that puck into the net um especially so soon after the kings were able to tie the game with uh, tyler Toffoli's goal which is so fantastic to see and yeah in comparison to that san jose uh, game this is a completely different team as was mentioned because these guys are really laser focused and one of them was trevor lewis who was really the playmaker uh, or one of the best playmakers for the kings today in this game and uh you know, what can you do? When Trevor Lewis, we all know he wears his heart on his sleeve, he always gives it 100%. He's always the unsung hero of the Los Angeles Kings. And I truly believe in his mind he thinks he can play like a Wayne Gretzky or Mario Lemieux. He doesn't have that skill set, right? He just wasn't born with that skill set, and uh, there's no insult in that. But Trevor Lewis always gives it 100%, and this is one of the best games that I've seen him play beginning to end for a while. Just a beautiful pass up there to Gabrick
1: yeah it was it was something else, and uh the uh the kings at that point it looked like they were they were really off and running. They were one of the things that I noticed them doing, uh and I'm not sure uh, I'm, uh, on the television feed, actually on the radio feed, I'm not sure if they described this or not. Uh, one of the things that the kings were really shooting for on the uh on the Canucks goalie uh, Markstrom was his was his uh blocker side. Uh, they kept trying to go blocker side, blocker side, blocker side on him, and the Kings kept hitting. <laughs> they hit quite a few posts today. I'm not sure how many they hit, but uh, well, the, the posts played a very prominent uh, role in today's game, and we'll uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, so the uh, Kings close out the first period uh, up two to one. They go into the intermission ahead, and they come out for the second period, and the second period was was really kind of a uh, – I don't quite know how to explain it. It was, it was sort of like a lackluster second period. It was like both teams left something out there on the ice, but then Vancouver kind of took over the game. Uh, And it looked like for a bit, the Kings were going to go into the locker room uh, with a two, one lead. And then boy, the one thing that has, that has been the Achilles heel of this team. This season is goals late in a period. And when I say late in a period in, in the last three minutes of a period, the Kings have given up so many crucial goals in the last 3 minutes and tonight that trend reared its ugly head with uh 17:31 uh, left in the second period a uh, Nikolai Goldbowen and I know I butchered that name because I have no idea how to say it scores his second goal of the season and I on a puck that I have no idea how it got past a uh sliding sliding Jokinen and how it got under Quicks pad I uh, to the point that uh, it was just that was just a very once again strange goal uh, tying the game uh, 2-2 for uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what did you, uh, Jeff, did you happen to see that?
2: Yeah, I did. And just one quick thing here before uh, Nicolay, uh I believe it's Bill Dolan, before he was able to get that backhand shot on the net, uh, just before that to get into the front of the net, he actually deked out Drew Dowdy, um, which is something we don't really see a lot happen, but Doughty got completely deked out, just to add more strangeness to the way this play uh folded. But yeah, you just got the backhand on quick. We had Jokinen sliding in front of the ice. Kings were thinking maybe there was a little goalie interference. They went to Toronto but the well dressed monkeys uh, said it was a good goal. So, you know, what can you do? It was actually a really nice backhand after a nice sneak off of, off of Doughty. You know, got to give him, uh, you know, hats off to Dolan for being able to do that goal. But, uh, yeah, it was just a real strange one. And uh, this thing with the Kings being very vulnerable at the end of certain periods, uh, sometimes even at the beginning of periods, because Vancouver oh, yeah. did score four minutes into this game when it started, <laughs> was definitely a major issue that the Kings had for the entirety of last season. And as, and as, uh, as much as the Kings have improved so far this season, I mean, by leaps and bounds, they still get those leaks at the beginning or, at the end of certain periods, it still seems to be their kryptonite where they're at their most vulnerable. So they still have to work on stuff like that. Luckily, you know, the game wasn't over, of course, because that was just at the end of the second period. But, you know, hats off to uh, Gold Dolan. It was a nice goal. It was a strange goal. But if you're going to deke out Drew Doughty, then if you're going to score a goal, I'm not going to be surprised. Because how many That's people true. can actually do that?
1: Not many. So, here, how did uh, Nick and Daryl see that one?
3: <laughs> you know, it was funny because uh, that is exactly what, what Daryl said. You know, he basically said, not very often you see Dowdy uh, get beat. You know, lots of praise uh, for for the Russian there on uh, Vancouver for for his play. But it's funny because uh, pretty much that's exactly what he said, was it's not very often you see Dowdy get deked like that. And Darryl said – the one thing about Dowdy you watch is that you know he's he won't even dwell on it, and he's probably going to come and make a big play later, which is exactly what happened. And it was kind of funny because it was it was right around that point where you know they had mentioned uh, Nick Dowd's name a couple times, and I kind of remembered, oh yeah, Nick Dowd is uh, is on Vancouver now. <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, I bet you he's going to score. It just, you know, it's, it's, you see it so often where, you know, especially maybe, maybe we're just Kings myopic here, but uh, you just had that sense where he was probably going to score. And at that point when he scored uh, there in the third, I was like, I kind of, once again, I think we all kind of felt there was going to be that letdown, but uh, it was so great to have the Kings come right back and, uh, Lots of praise too from, uh, from Nick and Daryl, uh, regarding, uh, Nick Dowd, you know, a lot of, a lot of great things, you know, obviously a really good guy, a well-liked guy. And, um, uh, and so while you never want to see anybody score against the Kings, especially one where the, you know, a team, they obviously should be beating. He ends up losing, you know, you know, they, or would end up losing to that goal. But, uh, lots of words, great words about Nick Dowd. And once again, a lot of great words about, you know, just how Dowdy would never, you know, Dowdy just, he's so consistent, you know, very, very consistent.
1: So true. Hey Jeff. So what did you see going on there?
2: What I saw was, um, like, like you talked about earlier, uh, Augie, when uh, Martinez tipped in the, the shot by, uh, by the Vancouver player to make it what nothing from that strange angle and how really was Alec Martinez's goal so really should go for the Kings uh, when when Nick Dowd scored I'm thinking you know what I should go to the Kings too because he played his majority of his professional career with the LA Kings and with the LA Kings uh, farm system whether it's the Rain or the Monarchs so it was just kind of weird seeing Nick Dowd out there with a Vancouver jersey and uh, here's another thing uh, Drew Dowdy after getting deked out by uh, Nicole. Uh, Goldolan you know, led to a goal, and this one, Dowdy was pinching a little too much. He was a little bit too far, and in, so the uh, the Connects were able to get out of that defensive zone, their defensive zone, and counterattack, which led to that 2-on-1. And what can you do in a 2-on-1? Nick Dowd perfectly... Uh, did what he couldn't do for the LA Kings this season by scoring a goal, his first of the season. But, uh, you know what, hats off to Nick Dowd. It's too bad things didn't work out with him here in LA. They just could not find uh, the proper chemistry with them. And when they did, for example, uh, last year with Dustin Brown, it would get broken up. And then he struggled with other players. It just didn't work out. I don't like when, you know, guys get traded to uh, rival divisional teams. But then again, Gretzky did come from Edmonton to L.A., so that can't be bad. But, you know, Dowd got the goal. Too bad he couldn't score for us when he was with us, and now he's scoring against us when he's playing for a different team. And that is so typical of former LA King players that leave the team. But, uh, you know what, you know, hats off to him, too. It was off a counterattack. Vancouver took advantage of the Kings' mistake. But, uh, you know what, game wasn't over yet.
1: That's so true. And, I mean, I was really bummed to see Nick Dowd go. But, hey, don't forget, we got Subban for Nick Dowd. Mark that yes, in the calendar who there, scored, boys.
2: Who, who scored a big goal for the rain.
1: That's right. And, uh, oh, oh, wait, we didn't get P.K. Subban for him?
2: No, no, it's <laughs> the, third, the third brother of the, of the Subban clan. So not, not Malcolm, definitely not P.K., but Jordan. But we'll take it. I mean, it's the same uh, DNA, right? You can't.
1: That's right. Unless he's, a Ke- yes, unless, that's true. unless
2: he's a Keith Gretzky or a Brent Gretzky <laughs> or, or maybe a Marty Howe. But uh, you know what? We'll take it. But, yeah, only a Subban could beat a Subban, so that would be interesting. But anyways, yeah. Wow.
1: That's really cool. So we have PK Subban's DNA in the, in the L.A. King's uh, farm system now. So keep that in mind, Correct. folks, that Nick Dowd. Thanks to Nick Dowd, we have P.K. Subban's DNA. What do you think about that We're there, hip check? check.
3: <laughs> I don't even want to touch that.
1: No, you don't want to touch that? Okay. <laughs> well,
3: with that said,
1: the, that, that scoring that opened up to, of course, open the third period, a goal really quick, early in the third period, 41 seconds in, Nick Dowd scores his first goal of the season from Granlund and Hutton, making it Vancouver 3, Kings 2, And then at 2 minutes, 22 seconds left, I'm sorry, 2 minutes, 22 seconds into the third period, Kyle Clifford, the Colonel, with his first goal of the season, with assists from Lewis and Kevin Gravel, who it's really good to see him out there. And uh, let's let's break this down a little bit here, boys. Uh, That was a working man's goal there. Uh, Jeff, did you see it or hear it?
2: No, I saw it. I saw it. And uh, once again, Trevor Lewis involved in the play of getting the puck in there and just getting that puck to the net where – you know, both Clifford and I believe Nick Shore Were just scrambling to try to hit That loose puck That re- uh, that rebound to get it to the net But it was it was Cliffy of good Old Air Ontario My backyard, like literally my backyard If I look out the window I can see Air Ontario A town so small It's not even considered Or designated as a town It's still considered as a village But uh, a beautiful little <laughs> town And Clifford getting, Clifford you know With all the injuries and all the games that he's Missed uh, so far this season, and then coming back and being scratched again a couple of games because he's hurt. So great to see him get his first of the year. It was just him and Shore out there, and they were not giving up, and which is definitely a theme with the LA Kings in today's game against the Vancouver Canucks. So, yeah, great goal by Clifford. So needed, you know, to tie it up 3-3, and really not that long after uh, former King Nick Dowd had scored. Just goes to show that the Kings were not going to lay down for this. Canucks team uh, they were going to fight Right to the very end and it was great To see Clifford just bank that puck in I mean it was so well deserved
1: Oh it was and him and Shore were whacking at that thing like Two hungry little kids at a Quinceanera hitting a pinata One of them was going to knock that puck in uh, Poor, uh, poor uh, Markstrom in there uh, he, uh, he served the role of the pinata because I'm sure He caught quite a few <laughs> sticks as they were Whacking away at that puck trying To knock it in uh hip what did you hear about that goal there with uh clifford uh
3: yeah i uh they did once again uh, nick did a just a wonderful job really describing it so when i saw it uh the replay uh, on tv it was pretty much everything he described uh i think you said it great it was a a working man's goal that's the type of goals you're going to get from clifford uh driving to the net and just scrapping and battling and trying to throw away through anything you can on, on the net. And once again, it was a credit to, uh, as you guys said, really a credit to Lewis, uh, just his, you know, his, just his, once again, Jeff said it good, his drive and, you know, he gives 110% just every time. I and mean, there's no quit in him. He's, con- you know, consistently making the smart play, making the drive play. And, in his role, you know, and once again credit to him too. He knows that in that situation, in that role, that uh you know that he doesn't have to be a hot dog, you know, when you're in that you're grinding that thing out, uh you're going to just try to once again crash the net, bang. Bang the bodies, crash the net and uh I won't won't beat up on Nick Shore too much because once again the Kings won the game, but how many chances did that guy have tonight where <laughs> had there been any type of offensive prowess whatsoever, it probably wasn't, wouldn't have even been a close game because based on what it sounded like on the radio, there was two or three pretty good chances that he had point blank where he came up empty every time.
1: Well, in his defense, uh, he got caught. He was one-on-one with Markstrom, but he was in a phone booth. Uh, the other one was a was a beautiful pass in the slot where he came in off of the bench on a line change, got a perfect pass and fired a shot right on net. And it was just a good save by Markstrom. So, I mean, he I I know I know how you feel about Nick Shore. And believe me, he's done more than his share to uh, kind of deserve the the uh, the nudging and the bashing. The uh, Jordan Nolan treatment that Jeff gives uh, Jordan <laughs> Nolan, or used to give to him. The Derek Forber <laughs> treatment that I give any opportunity to. And Nick Short is your personal whipping boy, Hip. And that's what makes this show so much, so much fun. And by the way, I have Nick Shore's F. Cancer jersey. So uh, there's that. So I'm a little sensitive when it comes to Nick Shore. Uh On that play, by the way, uh, Lewis got the assist, but also Kevin Gravel. Got an assist. And what is so significant about that is that this was his first assist of the year. But more importantly, uh, Kevin Gravel was diagnosed with Crohn's disease over the uh, over the midsummer. And at one point, and this was point and this was uh, talked about by Alex Faust on the radio, that uh, he lost 20 pounds in a three day period, a total of 40 pounds and was hospitalized for several days in Minneapolis uh when he was trying to prepare for the season and uh it was uh that's that's shocking i mean because he's uh yeah he's a he's a tall kid but 40 pounds off anybody much as 20 pounds in a three-day period uh we could only be so lucky to lose 20 pounds in a three-day period granted i don't want to get crohn's disease in the process or anything else doing that however uh For him, an an elite athlete trying to operate at an elite level and who finished up the season on the big roster last year, uh, we didn't know this. Uh, It was was really kind of puzzling as to why he was assigned to Ontario at the beginning of the season. But when this news broke that he was actually uh, battling Crohn's disease, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a chronic inflammatory disease of the intestines, and it causes fatigue, abdominal pain, and weight loss, amongst other things. But, uh, yeah, did, uh, did Daryl talk about that on the
3: radio at all their hip? He did not mention it whatsoever uh, other than, uh, you know, giving him credit for the, that second assist there. But um, it's, a good, it's a good point, Augie, because, you know, Gravel – uh, you know, at one time, he definitely had the, the leg up on McDermott, uh, really, in that battle for the number six defenseman, and for a guy like that, that's going to really almost play a very similar type of role for a fifth or sixth D-man, uh, stay at home, doing some muscling and whatnot, for a guy like that to lose that much weight, yeah, that's got to be catastrophic, uh, really, uh, really, to his development.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. So, Uh, So at this point, we're tied up 3-3 early in the third period, and the game is really exciting at this point. Uh, As a matter of fact, for those of you that are listening right now and want to call and talk about it, you can call at 516-418-5829, and uh, we do have a couple callers on hold. I do see you there. We'll get to you in a little bit. But first, we're going to continue with this third period breakdown here. And there was a really interesting uh, cycle that took place late in the third period uh, the kings and uh, and connects are tied, and uh, uh with six forty nine actually six forty nine into the third period, Adrian Kempe just decides to go full on beast mode i mean i don 't know who hit his uh, his p s four controller switch or his xbox one controller switch but he just started mowing down one of the Canucks bigger defensemen and just started manning up and the thing about Kempe this game that i noticed about him and that was pointed out by Fox and Faust was he was being really physical out there and he at one point was going one on one with one of the Canucks bigger defensemen and created a uh, kept the puck in there and just created an opportunity for Drew Doughty to activate uh, from there, Jeff, why don't you take it down and uh, and show us what uh, Team Canada's own Drew Dowdy did, because you know what? Team Canada World Juniors could have used him the other night against T- Team USA, so go ahead, Jeff, break it down.
2: You're so correct, Augie, but Team Canada did use him back in 2008 when they won the World Junior Gold Medal, and Drew Dowdy was phenomenal as always in that tournament, which definitely brings me back great memories, you know, Thinking of yesterday, just thinking of yesterday, when this goal by Drew Doughty to take a 4-3 lead for the Kings reminded me a lot—not 100% exactly—but reminded me a lot of that epic 1993 Conference Final between the Kings and the Leafs, Game Seven in Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. We all know the story: Gretzky got a hat trick and an assist, but. The third goal that Wayne Gretzky scored was Gretzky going into the Toronto zone while the Kings were going on a line change, and Gretzky was by himself, took the puck behind the net, a.k.a. his office, shot the puck in front, of the, in front of the net, which is bizarre, if it wasn't Wayne Gretzky, because when you watch the replay, there were no Kings at all to pass to, yet Gretzky banked it off the defenseman Dave Ellett's leg into the net. So why that reminds me of what Dowdy did was because the Kings went on a line change in this play. And... Uh, Drew Doughty has the puck in the zone. Takes a shot. It bounces off the the Vancouver uh, player in front of him, but not to be deterred. Doughty took another shot. Again, again. There's like three Canucks on him: one in front of him, uh, one to the side, one right behind him. And the Kings are. Coming in from the line change behind him, but pretty much he was all alone. Uh, like the greatest of Jedi Knights, he just shot it right into the net on his second try. So a shot block, another shot right into the net to make it 4-3, to LA King, Drew Dowdy, seventh of the year, who I think is having a phenomenal season and definitely has to be in consideration so far. For another Norris Trophy nomination, Drew Doughty taking the lead 4-3 and doing it pretty much by himself.
1: I couldn't have broken that down. But I, you know what? I'm not even going to try. That was just fantastic, Jeff. And that is why you are the man that you are at Cali Sports News and why you are definitely a recognized authority when it comes to hockey, whether it's NHL hockey, Olympic hockey, uh, minor league hockey, uh, the kids coming up in amateur hockey, Jeff, Thank you. That was fantastic. What thank do you, think, you Augie,
2: and your, and your check is in the mail, sir. But thank you.
1: I appreciate that. I hope it doesn't bounce like the last one.
2: But Hip, uh, no, what did you No hear promises. About that? No promises. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hip, what did you see? Yes, there? Augie. Go ahead. Give, give us your. Give us here, Daryl Evans. Uh, Daryl Evans' vision. Uh, version of what happened there with uh, drew dowdy or maybe you were home at this point
3: uh you know you know i i did i heard it on the radio and once again uh i think jeff pretty much topped it you know he pretty much he said uh dowdy single single handedly did it on his own and we've seen it and you know nothing surprises them anymore they talked a lot about how much ice time uh you know he had gotten uh during this game and uh uh, you know, and praised his effort. And once again, you know, now it's with with Dowdy. It's it's strange that it's. I mean, it's a it's it's a fist pumping goal. You know what I mean? Like when he does that, you know, you you pump your fist and say give a you know a couple of good hell yeahs. But it's strange now because with Dowdy, you, you you just you, we're kind of used to it. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. you you always get excited with beautiful goals and things like that, but. Doughty now, it's like just another weapon in his vast array of uh, tools that he has in the toolbox. So uh, I'm glad he's on the Kings. Uh, I believe they said that he has uh, 99 goals now. I think he's uh, tied with Duchesne or one ahead. Of, I think now he's actually one ahead of Steve Duchesne. And he's got about 38 more, give or take, uh, to pass Rob Blake on the Kings all-time defense leader so let's hope that uh kings can somehow by the grace of god give him a, a keep him in a king's uniform for about another five or six years because if that's the case i think i like his chances of uh ending up being the king's all-time uh goal leader for defensemen.
1: It could be i mean it could be and uh that's going to be a whole other that's going to be a very interesting time in the kingdom uh is when uh uh what to do with Drew dowdy i mean obviously uh they, everybody is saying the right things he wants to stay but boy there's those two words salary cap uh that are going to have to uh going to have to be maneuvered quite cleverly because uh we're still going to be carrying quite a few uh, hits on. We're going to be carrying a hit on that for Mike Richards until like 2032, and that's no exaggeration. When I say 2032, I literally mean 2032. There, he's going to be an anchor there. So uh, hopefully, uh, we'll see what happens. But that's a conversation that we, we can do a whole show about that. So,
3: exactly. Drew Dowdy—that'll
1: be a conversation for an off-season show, exactly. So, Drew Dowdy gives the Kings a four-three lead, six forty-nine into the third period. And at this point, it's scramble mode. And uh, at 9.54 of the third period, the uh, Vancouver Canucks are cycling inside the King's zone. Sam Gagne, from the top of the slot, fires a shot, goes over the left shoulder of Jonathan Quick. Was it in or did it hit the post? That was the pressing question. And it turns out that it hit the crossbar. That was a laser that was shot by Gagne. Uh, I don't think you got a chance to see it there, Hip, but if you uh, take a look at my Twitter account at Good, I did put up a GIF of it. And, uh, boy, this game is really – I don't know how many posts were hit in this game. I know that Gabrick hit a post, Gagne hit a post, Kopitar hit a post. It was just post-to-post-to-post-to-post post, 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 post all over the place. So if we were playing posts, I think the score would have ended up the same, at 4-3 to three Kings. But uh, Gagné, uh, put the puts a, a scare into the Kings, uh, and it was immediately uh, waved off by the ref. Uh, you just saw the ref, because at first we thought he scored, and then you see the ref give the signal for no goal, no goal. And uh, it turns out uh, the refs got it right, and play continued. Uh, Jeff. Any thoughts there did you uh did did you start did your heart skip a beat on that one?
2: Yeah, it definitely did because that shot was so fast, so fast and bounced out so fast we've seen in the past you know goals being scored like that, and then the puck. Uh, ricocheting back out so quickly. It's hard to tell, you know, when it's live that if it was a goal or not. I'm just so happy that there was no controversy. And in the uh, the replays that it showed that it did indeed hit the post. But to be fair, uh, to the hockey gods over this game, uh, Marion Gabrick, of course, another player who had a super strong game today, hit the post twice as well in the game. I believe four minutes Into the second period, Gabrick hit the post, and then again in the uh, third period, he had a breakaway and beat the goalie, and it hit the post as well, and if one of those went in, uh, it it also could have been a completely different game, of course, that way to the benefit of the Kings as well, but uh, you know what? This is a game of bounces and inches, and sometimes, you know, if it's just one inch to the left or down or to the right, it's in the net or if it's a little bit, you know, goes up or to the sides, it's not in the net, and it can make or break. But it's okay if the, uh, Vancouver hit the post near the end of the game, as scary as it was, because really the Kings had already done it twice uh, with Marion Gabrick. So it really everything was just balancing out.
1: Good point there. Uh, so at this point in the game, uh, so that was the big scare that happened there, and then the uh, the Kings and Canucks were, uh, were trading back and forth. The one thing that I want to – what I want to talk about right now are the last two minutes of the game. So at this point, the Kings have a 4-3 lead. And quite often this season, we've seen the Kings kind of play back on their heels, uh, sit back and wait for uh, for the other team to come in and, and attack their, their goal and really count Jonathan Quick to uh, keep things as is, to keep a lead. The one thing that I noticed here – And if you guys, I want you guys to chime in on this was the Kings for once kept their foot on the gas and were really pressing up the Canucks and keeping the Canucks in their own zone while creating offensive chances. And it was really a strange sight to see so late in the game when the Kings have a lead that they were actually out there pressing, uh, pressing the Canucks, pressing the action, controlling the puck and not letting Vancouver get their offense going uh what did you guys see there
3: yeah yeah Um uh, and then i gotta head out here in a bit so this will probably be my last comment of the night here but uh uh no i i i couldn't agree with you more uh they didn't go into a shell they were still pressuring and uh there was even a couple breakdowns there that were definitely uh you know some hair raising moments to, to say the least but The fact that they were still trying to drive the play and dictate play, not just going back into that shell, uh, was definitely uh, a good sign to see. And once again, when uh, I believe it was Lewis uh, got in the way of uh, the Vancouver defenseman who was just trying to dump the puck uh, deep, and when he blocked that shot and it went over uh, the blue line, thus uh, getting Vancouver where they had to touch up, uh, that was a huge sigh of relief. And uh, one other thing, too, I wanted to notice uh, or wanted to mention, too, before we do, uh, before I do got a run here, but let's not forget, too, Markstrom actually had a, a really strong game uh, listening on the radio. Uh, Daryl and Nick several times said how big how big he was in the net and how well he was playing, uh, you know. Probably isn't going to look look like it on the, on the score sheet, you know, .889 save percentage uh, tonight, but... Uh, it sounded like he was also uh, one of their key players and maybe you can guys can back me up on that
1: yeah i uh, i got to agree with you on that he played he did play a really strong game and uh because the kings were just it, it, jim fox when um when nick Dowd scored the goal to give the Canucks a 3-2 lead back early in the third period jim fox remarked he could not believe his eyes when he looked at the scoreboard because the kings were all over markstrom I mean, this game could have easily been uh, the Kings could have easily had five or six goals at that at that point. But Markstrom was playing so well and was keeping the Canucks in there who just were really just struggling to survive. And uh, and they played good. I mean, uh, don't don't take anything away from Vancouver in this game. I mean, they're shorthanded. They got a lot of injuries. Uh, and they played a very solid game, as evidenced by the score there and the fact that they had the lead uh, twice in this game. So, uh, I thought Markstrom did good. Uh, what did you see there, Jeff? Oh, wait, actually, Jeff, real quick. So, uh, so, uh, hold on one quick second. So hip, are we, uh, are we devoid of your, uh, of your graciousness and your hosting at this, <laughs> at this point, sir,
3: do you have to get going? I am about ready to fall asleep, uh, in my chair just because this is actually literally the first time that I've, I've sat down and been able to, uh, enjoy myself in, uh, a solace of peace if you will. So uh so yes, this will be it. But hey, once again, uh thanks for Pinch Hit and Jeff, uh thanks for dude, I love I love you guys, man. Really I do. There's <laughs> nothing better than talking King's hockey with you two. Seriously.
1: Uh thanks man. We uh we absolutely love you too, Grand Bah, and and I'm not just saying that for the big fat check you give me every week that for uh contributing to LA Kings Road Talk Radio, it's from the heart. I'd do this show for free if I if uh if I could, if I didn't have to put food on the table and everything there, hip. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I really, we, I'm thankful for you, thankful for Jeff, and thankful for our callers, including the one that's been holding this whole time, which we will get to I you. It. I do promise that. But hip, uh,
3: uh why don't you guys- you guys go ahead and get to that because I got a skedaddle. Happy New Year's, guys. I'll probably be drunk texting you uh, tomorrow night right about this same time. Outstanding. Perfect. Well,
1: happy New Year to you, Hip. Uh, so with all that said, uh, one thing I do want to point out here is uh, the Kings had no penalties in the third period. That crucial third period, no penalties, and as a matter of fact, just to make it even, just to blow your mind even more, they only had one penalty the entire game. That was a slashing by who else, Adrian Kempe, who really at this point uh, he's uh, he is the he, he is the slash man because he he's gotten to the boxer slashing quite a few times. So yeah, it was a really a really well played game, very clean. Uh, only two penalties for Vancouver, one for the Kings. Uh, Jeff, care to add to any of this madness?
2: Yeah, first. First, I just want to say th- thank you so much, Hip Check. Um I absolutely enjoy being here on ellie king 's road talk radio talking hockey with you, talking hockey with Auggie. Uh Happy New Year to you and your family and thank you so much uh, for this awesome and fun opportunity that you keep giving me uh, to answer your questions, augie uh, first about Markstrom. I thought uh, Markstrom had a what I like to call a Jonathan Quick type game, meaning even though he let you know he let ended up leading uh, He ended up letting four goals in. He did make 32 saves out of 36 shots, and he made some big, big saves. One I mentioned earlier where Nick Shore was all alone in front. Uh, Marks are just making those big saves, keeping Vancouver into the game. And it is a game that Vancouver did play very well. But, it, it, you know, the Kings had the edge in this game. And how many times have we seen it the other way around where the opposing team has the edge and the Kings are scrambling, but Jonathan Quick's making those saves, keeping them in the game. So, yeah, props to uh, Jacob Markstrom for playing a Jonathan Quick-type game. And as far as your original question about the, the final two minutes of the game, where the Kings actually had their foot on the pedal instead of, Parking and riding, which is what they're so well known for, especially when they have only a one-goal lead, where they'll just grind it out, so you know until they get the victory. Of course, this was something the Kings had mastered from 2012 to 2014. So we didn't get to see the park and ride method here. Instead, the Kings were actually being aggressive and progressive and trying to maybe uh, you know put that final nail in the coffin by getting the puck into the empty net or not even allowing Markstrom to leave the net so they can have the extra attacker. The Kings always kept their foot on the pedal, which actually is very uh – it's kind of jarring to see because I'm so not used to the Kings playing like that, but that's something I definitely would like to see more in the future is with those, you know, that final nail in the coffin, you don't always have to write out a one goal lead, at least, you know, for us longtime Kings fans or any Kings fans, uh, any Kings fans around the world, you know, we already get a lot of anxiety watching you guys on a normal basis, you guys as a daily Kings. Uh, we don't need that extra stress in the final two minutes, but we are used to it, but we still hate it so it was nice to see that the kings actually did the opposite of that and like i said that's the theme of this game that even if the kings were behind one nothing or when they were behind three to two they did not give up they kept up fighting they kept on playing and they stayed focused and they took care of business so that was fantastic and they did that right to the final whistle so uh it was definitely nice to see that instead of uh, you know, me pacing back and forth, you know, screaming for the clock to to run down to zero. I didn't really have to do that too much today.
1: Well, good analysis there, and I can't believe you did that in one breath, Jeff. That was amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Okay. With that said, we have a caller here from the 440, and who might this be on LA Kings Road Talk Radio?
0: This is Jerry calling you guys from Ohio.
1: Jerry no, no, no. from Ohio, welcome, Jerry. Jerry, so you've been listening here. What was your opinion of tonight's LA Kings' victory over the Vancouver Canucks?
0: It, it was great to see a full sixty-minute effort out of them. There wasn't really a period that they took off. There wasn't, you know, even a half a period that they that they took off where you felt like they were just treading water out there. They answered goals for goals really quickly. It was it was nice to see the, the well dressed monkeys in Toronto give uh, give them the goal where they were tied up with the uh, Vancouver netminder there. The one that got uh, the one that went under review. That was that was cool to see. Uh,
1: yes, that was, not a lot of, yeah.
0: not a lot of penalties. I, I, I was cussing at the TV when Kempe went in the box right away in the first, but then uh, it settled down and there wasn't that constant march to the box where we exercised our wonderful penalty kill unit. Mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, yeah, it was a it, it was a great it was a great game to watch. It was a good way to end out the year for them.
1: Yep, the Kings closed out the calendar year with a with a victory on the road against the Vancouver Canucks, and that is never an easy <laughs> game going up there. Uh, we always seem to have a tough time when uh, we go up to the great white north. So, uh, well, so, Jerry, do you have any uh, – I'll tell you what, uh, with the calendar turning over to 2018, uh, what do you think the Kings have to do in order to keep this momentum and uh, keep the uh, – shall we call it for now the playoff train going toward
0: April? They've got to just stay hot and, you know, win the games that they, this was a game that they had to win tonight. You know, it, it's, it's that divisional conference thing. You've got to win, you've got to win these games. You've got to beat teams like Vancouver that have been struggling. So we've got to keep doing that. We've got to find, we've got to find a way to beat Vegas.
1: Okay. So kick them uh, while they're down kind of thing, huh?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. you got to yeah, do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's no, it's I agree. a long season. It's a long season. That you can't, you can't win it all early, but you can lose it if you're giving up those games.
3: True, they you know, do I'll, add up. I want
0: to, I want to see, it stay, you know, in the thick of the plant playoff hunt. You know, we know the ducks are going to make a late season run, like they have done the last several seasons, and we have to hold them off too. Uh-huh. So, so, so every ga- every game. Yeah. It, Every game against a team that we have to beat, we have to win. We can't, you can't afford to look past anybody at this point.
1: Yeah, very good. Very. Those are those are actually very true words right there. And with that said, uh, the Kings with their with their 51st point of the season in 39 games. So we're not even ha- they're not even halfway through the season yet and they're at 51 points and trailing by ve- trailing Vegas who has 52 points and in third place of the San Jose Sharks uh with 44. So uh at this point uh what we'll probably do and uh uh hey Jeff, uh while I get this all queued up here, I'll tell you what. Uh Jeff, can you go and give us a tour around the NHL? Uh, Give us a break, uh, give us uh, the quick scores of the games we care about and the ones we don't care about, of course, for those uh, others that listen out in other areas of the country and that might have a secondary team, you know, a side team, side chick. Uh, Some of us have them, some of us don't. Uh, Jeff, if you could do that, I would really appreciate that because you are the pimp of hockey when it comes to this show.
2: Yeah, not a problem, Augie. I am on it right now. So around the NHL, not too many games tonight. Not too many games that uh, I guess directly affect the LA Kings when it comes to the Pacific the, division. But uh, the Nashville Predators defeated the Minnesota Wild three to nothing, getting the shutout victory there. We have the St. Louis Blues defeating the Carolina Hurricanes. Three to two, St. Louis having a strong season this year. The Washington Capitals took out the New Jersey Devils five to two. That one's a final. The Montreal Canadiens still struggling, and I have to hear about it every day from my brother-in-law, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the number one Montreal Canadian super fan, Durno, who got shut out. Not him, but the, the Habs got shut out two to nothing by the Florida Panthers. Former Leaf goalie James Reimer and former San Jose. Shark goalie, James Reimer, in, a game, in that game getting the shutout. And uh, the Boston Bruins shut out the Ottawa Senators who have some guy named Eric Carlson who should not be nominated for a Norris Trophy this season uh, because Ottawa has just been stinking up the joint where their fans are not even going to the arena to watch them play. And actually, to think of it, they didn't even go to the arena, the Canadian Tire Arena, last year in the conference final when Ottawa was one goal away from making the Stanley Cup final uh, before losing to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, who went on to win it. Uh, but nobody cared because the arena was half full in a playoff conference final game, which is very strange in Canada. But it is Ottawa, so maybe it's not that strange. Bruins winning that one, 5 nothing, And, of course, the final game, the most important game that we just saw and broke down, the Los Angeles Kings defeated the hated. And when I say hated, I mean worldwide. Vancouver Canucks 4-3. <laughs> to three. And a back and forth battle where the Kings showed that they were not going to lay down and if they were going to get punched. They were going to be like Rocky Balboa and jump back up and punch right back to victory for three Kings. And that is around the NHL.
1: All right. Well, thank you for that, Jeff. You are just the right man for the job. I tell you, you are the, I would say, Swiss Army knife uh, of this, but that's, a, that's Kid Kempe. That's the Swiss Army knife when it comes to everything. So I will call you. The Canadian spork. That's what you are. You are the Canadian spork. When it comes to anything hockey, I can just count on you to just dig in and get the job done in a pinch. So
2: No worries. Uh, thank you, Augie. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, that El Kempe, he's something, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> uh
1: so uh so uh, Jerry, you got any final words for us before we uh push on to the next part of this uh to the next part of this uh journey, this uh cruise on the Titanic known as LA Kings Road Talk Radio?
0: No, I think that's pretty much it. I want you guys to all have a great New Year's uh and look forward to talking to you again next year.
1: All right. You too, well, thank
0: you. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year Happy New to New Year. you out there. Thanks for staying up so late. It must be almost 2 o'clock in the morning out there in Ohio. Yeah, and just, it's,
0: just, uh, about, just about. Just about.
1: All right. Well, that's Jerry from Ohio, a Kings fan who uh, sticks with the team. And you talk about dedication. I mean, the guy just uh, is up this late at night watching the Los Angeles Kings. And, uh, I mean, we're here for the big paycheck, Jeff. I mean, I know why you're here. I mean, shoot, I'm here for the for the big bucks. that hit uh, pays us, man or that he promised to pay us or something like that anyways. Okay. So as we (laughs) go forward, uh, let's, uh, let's get to our three stars of the game. Shall we? So, uh, the media, uh, has their choices and we have ours. And, uh, by the way, Jeff, do you happen to know who the Vancouver media chose as the three stars of the game up there in the great white North for tonight?
2: No, I didn't because uh, they yeah. lost me once they said it was the uh, Vancouver media, so I just tuned right out. You just
1: you just tuned them out. Well, it's a good thing that uh, I was the host here and accidentally stumbled upon Vancouver's choices for the uh, for uh, the three stars of the game. They gave the number three star to number eight Drew Doughty of the Los Angeles Kings, and can you guess who got the number two star from the Vancouver Canucks? Can you? Can you? Can you?
0: Was it
2: Markstrom?
1: No, it was Nick Dowd, number 17 of the Vancouver
2: Canucks. Oh, my gosh.
1: I know, right? I guess, I guess they were trying to endear him. I guess they were just trying to kind of salt it over there to us. And who do you think they gave the number one star of the game to from the Los Angeles Kings? Who do you think they did?
2: Hmm. I'm going to guess, my best guess, not saying that's, that's who I would pick, but I'm going to guess Marion Gabrick.
1: No, they gave it to number seventy three, Tyler Toffoli.
2: That was my pick too, like my actual pick. But oh it is the Vancouver Media.
1: It is the Vancouver Media. So so with that
2: said
1: here we go. Our three stars of the game. Okay, our three stars of the game for the for the ones that count. So me, Hip, and uh, Jeff over here were kind of split on the number three star of the game. I mean, we pretty much had two of them uh, nailed in that we agreed on. But it was that third one. And I'll tell you what. I had submitted that uh, it should be Kid Kempe. And Jeff submitted that it should be Trevor Lewis. And Scott submitted that it should be Drew Dowdy. So we're going to do a three-way tie. for the number three star of the game. The number two star of the game, I believe we were in unison on... Uh, yeah, okay, maybe not in order, but we were we were in unison on, on this person being one of the stars of the game. And that'd be number 12 himself. El Ferrari was loose out there. Adrian, I'm sorry, Marion Gabrick. So Gabby out there with the number two star of the game. And... The number one star of the game, and Jeff Duarte. I will let you take this as soon as this plays. Give it to us, Jeff. Who's the number one star of the game?
2: Mister Cupcake, number seventy-three, double T T square, Tyler Toffoli, the player of the game, the number one player of the game with a goal, two assists three points, four shots in 16 minutes and 27 uh, seconds of play to Foley it, uh, in a performance with uh, colleagues and teammates that also had fantastic performances. This was definitely tough to call, but Tyler to Foley, number one player of the game.
1: Well, I cannot argue with that. Uh, really there were so many to choose from tonight. Uh, it was uh it was uh, just a really good win for this team, a uh, good way to start off this trip up to the Great White North. And as a matter of fact, your Kings are not in action again until January 2nd when they travel over to Edmonton to face the Oilers, the struggling Edmonton Oilers, who – I mean, very surprising uh, what's going on over there. Uh, hey, Jeff, what, if, uh, what have you heard up in the great wide north, and why are the Edmonton Oilers struggling so much?
2: One, they're not as fast as they think they are. They don't have the speed that people were giving them credit for last season. Really, they have one really fast player, and then the average uh, speed players. Uh, number two, just the supporting cast behind Connor McDavid, just not playing, not gelling, struggling, uh, playing some extreme sloppy hockey. Number three, poor defensively and can Talbot tell, but not being able to be the strong goaltender that he was last season. Maybe he's exposed. Maybe the Oilers overachieved last year. And number four, a lot of complaints at least coming from the Edmonton media and from those that I know or those that I read uh, from the Edmonton fan base that uh, former San Jose Sharks coach Todd McClellan has already lost the team and has made some baffling, maybe roster choices you know you know how before with Daryl Sutter, of course, the greatest coach in LA Kings history, sometimes would have a lineup and you would scratch your head like, why is this guy on the top line? Why is this guy – why were these guys separated? Uh, that's what's kind of happening with the Oilers, and it's driving the fans insane. So a lot of things just going wrong with the Edmonton Oilers. But one thing you got to say about the Oilers is that whenever they played the Los Angeles Kings – and this goes back to the old Smythe Division days – Edmonton, whether they're bottom of the league, and I believe they're third bottom in the Western Conference right now, um, they always show up to play the LA Kings. So when the Kings show up, they, they want to beat the Kings as badly as the Kings want to beat them, and the Kings definitely need points on this in this game as well as the one following against calgary because you're playing your division rivals and you got to make sure you get a playoff spot so Edmonton, with so many things going wrong and just having a hard time but in any uh, consistency of a winning streak they did have like a three or four game win streak and now they're back to losing um, a lot of things are just going wrong there and hopefully that continues uh when they play the la kings
1: Hopefully, uh, right now, Edmonton uh, has uh, 37 points on the season, and they're sporting an 8-10-1 record at home. At home, on their home ice, they're 8-10-1 this year. Uh, When you look at the other thing, too, is as far as the goals for, uh, the Edmonton Oilers have put a total of 114 pucks in the net. Your Los Angeles Kings have put in 115 chew on that one for a moment who would have thought that at the uh at pre-season i mean going into the season everyone thought that edmonton uh was going to be uh, the team to beat in the uh, in the pacific division and that has not been the case at all as las vegas has come out of nowhere and edmonton is kind of where we thought vegas would be uh, at this point of the season yeah but uh, yeah, yeah absolutely
2: i know i know sorry i i know with uh with our pre-predictions we did for Cali Sports News, I had Edmonton winning the division and at least at least going as far as the uh, the conference final. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually made the Stanley Cup final. Don't know if they'd win it, but just based on how they played last year, and we're not seeing the same team that they were playing last year. But, yeah, they have more goals against then they do goals four, and that is not good. And you have Cam Talbot, I was just mentioning, the number one goalie, with a 9.06 save percentage, which probably would have won him the Vesna and the Jennings Trophy back in 1988. But unfortunately today, that is not good, especially with the 293 goals against average, just not being able to do what he was able to do in the past. And the Oilers also showing uh, a lot of struggles with their defense, where last year they actually didn't play that bad defensively when they traded Taylor Hall 293, new jersey for adam larson and everyone's thinking wow that's a one-sided trade for new jersey until last year hall didn't do anything with the with the devils and larson played very well with the oilers and now we're this year and everything kind of is writing itself back to normal where taylor hall's playing great with new jersey and adam larson is now not enough for the oilers but uh, yeah man what can you do they always show up against the Kings, so they're always a threat but the kids got to shut these guys down because these guys are bottom of the league and you've got to get two clean points against them no matter what.
1: Yeah, that's true. You do not want them to start building any kind of momentum. As a matter of fact, uh, Adam Larson has played in 30 games this year for the Oilers. He has three goals, one assist and a minus two rating. Uh, so yeah, that's what's happening over up in Edmonton. And for those of you who fell in love with Milan Lucic while he was here real quick, just in case you were curious, he's been, he's played all 38 games for the Oilers, nine goals, 17 assists, 26 points and a plus six rating, uh, in the the plus minus column. For those of you that value that, uh, Sabre metric, uh, when you go there. So that's going to be the Kings next opponent before they, uh, go and take on, uh, the Calgary Flames, which is always an interesting game because everyone's going to be watching Doughty and Kachuk when they're out there on the ice. So, uh, but first, can't look past anybody. Got to give respect to the Oilers. And uh, one thing that usually happens in the Kings-Oilers game. There's always a goal review. Like Edmonton ends up losing a goalie review. That's the one team that that the Kings have great luck against when it comes to having uh, goals reviewed and either upheld or overturned is, uh, is the Edmonton Oilers. We always seem to get our way with them. Have you ever noticed that there, Jeff?
2: I did. I, I noticed that a few times. Uh... Uh, In more recent times, but I'm still I'm so old school, Hagi. I'm still angry for losing to the Oilers in the 1990 playoffs, and then again in a a crazy six-game series in the second round of the 1991 playoffs. That it's still like ah, goal reviews or no goal reviews. We must avenge those years against the Oilers.
1: Yeah, good point. Always good vengeance is always good. Vengeance is a dish best served cold. What is it? If you're going to go for revenge, dig two graves, your enemies and yours. Well, we're not digging any other grave, except we're going to try to bury the Edmonton Oilers when the Kings go up to the Great White North and open up 2018, hopefully the way that they closed out the calendar year of 2017, with a win on the road and another two points as they battle Las Vegas for Pacific Division supremacy. So we're going to see how that ends up going. Uh, So, all right, uh, we have fulfilled our time here. Jeff, you got any parting words before we close this out?
2: No, just an update of the uh, World Junior Championships that's going on lately in Buffalo. Uh, Of course, you mentioned the big epic outdoor game uh, comeback victory by Team USA against Team Canada. Of course, the Kings have prospect Mikey Anderson on that team, who I believe so far just has one assist but has been playing very well defensively but in a lesser role, obviously a very young kid. Team Canada won today 8 to nothing. LA Kings prospect Kale Clegg, who's an assistant captain for the team this year, got an assist today. His first point, he's got a plus 2, I believe playing very solid defensively of course he missed the second game of the tournament uh, from blocking a shot but he's back he says he's feeling good and it's good to see him in the score sheet and Sweden won as well today 7-2 of course LA Kings prospect Jacob Ovarari is on there no points so far but playing fantastically defensively uh, for a very good Sweden team so uh, yeah guys if uh, listeners out there if you're not watching the World Juniors please do so because it's phenomenal hockey and whether you're cheering for USA, you're cheering for Canada, you're cheering for Sweden, or you're cheering for Russia, Belarus, Czech, whoever you want to cheer for, just watch these games for the phenomenal, I'd say it three times because it's so phenomenal, hockey Mm -hmm. by these young uh young junior players who either are already drafted by the teams or looking to get drafted by NHL teams, but definitely want to show their stuff because the entire hockey world is watching and these kids obviously want to be regulars in the NHL so they give it all that they got you just got some amazing back and forth entertaining games so guys check out the world juniors
1: oh no doubt about it and for those of you that uh didn't get a chance to see the uh, the outdoor game. I mean, that was, it would have been a very interesting game if those snow flurries weren't there. But it, it was funny because it slowed the, it, it just changed the whole dynamic of everything. But that was, that was really something to watch. And uh, I got to admit, I, I did not like the, uh, the Buffalo Bills inspired Team USA jerseys. I don't know why. <laughs> I just didn't, I just didn't like them. Uh, I, I thought it was okay, but, uh, I don't know. It just did not – it didn't sit well with me. I thought it could have been better. But with that said, if the, if the gold medal was on the line, then, yeah, Team USA would have totally lost in those Buffalo Bills jerseys. But since it was a game on the road to get into the gold medal Low blow. round. Ouch. Low blow, Aggie. Low blow. Just a fact. Just a fact, man. Just a fact. <laughs> nothing personal. Just a fact that uh, it was the pathway. To get into the championship game, hopefully they don't go out in those jerseys if they get a chance to play for the gold. but uh hey, can you give us a quick breakdown here on when the world juniors end and how the bracket play works uh how the bracket play goes real quick to determine who plays in the medal
2: rounds i'm actually not one hundred percent sure how it goes it's usually. Uh, The top team receives a bye, I believe, in the group. And then uh, team number two, team number three uh, go on and compete against each other. Unless they change it this year. I can't remember if they did or not. But, uh, of course, we got some more games. Well, for me, it's today because I'm three hours ahead and it's 2.11 a.m. But Team USA playing against Finland, which is going to be a, an amazing game because Finland actually has a super, super strong team. And, of course, USA, the defending champs. Uh, that's going to be really interesting. But I don't have I don't have that right in front of me, Augie. But uh, it's pretty much the last game of the round. Robin, and then we're going right into the knockout round pretty soon. And then that's when uh, – all hell breaks loose, and you get some amazing <laughs> hockey, but usually there's a bye for the top team, and then number two and three battle each other but uh i don't remember if they changed that or they were just talking about change that. I really didn't look that deeply into it.
1: Gotcha, okay, sorry, do you mean to put you on the spot like that? my friend uh I get spoiled by your by your recall and ability to provide factual knowledge just right there on the spot, so. worries,
0: no worries that's
1: my bad all right my friend well with that said I just want to wish you and your lovely wife Teresa a very happy new year my friend and uh, you've got to come out here at at some point hopefully this year and uh, that before the Kings hopefully get to the playoffs because I got to be able to you got to come down and watch them play soccer down the pregame with me man
2: Yeah, absolutely, uh, Augie. Like, there's nothing I want to do more than head back down there to Los Angeles, to El Segundo, and to, of course, Southern California, because I am always California dreaming. But thank you. Uh, You know what? We've been talking about it. We'll see what we can do. I'm definitely getting the itch to go back. And, Augie, as well, uh, thank you for everything this year in 2017. Happy New Year, to you and to your family and to everyone. And I I look forward to talking to you and hip and our listeners and everyone of LA Kings road talk radio, some more LA Kings hockey for 2018.
1: Absolutely. And it for, uh, uh, for the hip check, or the grand poobah of this show, and to everybody out there, thank you so much for listening and supporting LA Kings Road Talk Radio. Uh, so once again, the Los Angeles Kings close out the calendar year of 2017, at least their calendar year for, with their last game of the 2017 year with a 4-3 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. They hated Vancouver Canucks. In the words of Jeff Duarte, hated by everybody. I mean whether you're, Canadian worldwide. you're worldwide worldwide worldwide
2: I mean the most hated team in the world
0: the I have team.
2: asked strangers when I go on holiday say to Uh, Aruba or whatever, you know, wife and I go on a holiday trip and I'm talking to random people who don't even know what the sport of hockey is or don't ever have never even heard of uh, the the province of British Columbia, which we have nothing against, but the city of Vancouver and its teams, which we do. And they even said, wow, I, I hate Vancouver and I've never heard of that city before in my life or the Vancouver Canucks in my life. It's just a known fact that the Vancouver Canucks are hated worldwide. Thank you. Thank you. I love our live studio audience. Thank you. Yep. I love you guys. I love our live studio audience.
1: Same here. All right, everybody. For those of you celebrating the new year, we're going to take you out with some coked-up Elvis here. Not that you should do what coked-up Elvis did, but the rumor has it that this happened at a New Year's Eve celebration. Well, not really. I don't know when it happened. But for those of you partying and celebrating, remember, there is Uber. There is Lyft. There are alternatives. There is the designated driver. There are ways for you to celebrate the new year responsibly because we want to see you back here again next year. So with that said, for Hip Check, for Jeff Duarte, this is Augie Loya, L.A. Kings superfan, signing off for 2017, and we'll see you in 2018. Go Kings, go! Go Kings, go!